Well, tonight we're in our series entitled Health and Healing, and <clears throat> I was going back and counting. I think I, I counted wrong, but this is, I think, number seven, but we had a, in September, we had a worship night, and I shared on health and healing that night, just a little piece, a little nugget, but um, we've had a, a number of them. <clears throat> what we're doing is just going through and looking at the healings and the manifestations that happened in the ministry of Jesus. Um, I've studied these for a long time. I've gone through them and studied them, and, and I, I just tell you, the more you read these stories of people that were healed, the stronger that it gets in you that it's God's will for us to be what he's already accomplished for us. We are the healed in Christ. Amen? And um, we've been through a number of them. I, I've, we've done two or three of them on some of the nights that we've talked about health and healing. And tonight I'm going to look at <clears throat> the, out of Mark chapter 7, the man that was deaf and dumb, and he was healed in his body. We're going to look at that. Um, last week, if you weren't here last week, I really encourage you to listen to that word uh, regarding the Syrophoenician woman's daughter that was healed. I, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that word. That was, that was, there were some things that I believe that were said in that message and the word that we preached that literally can change your whole perspective about healing and health. And uh, I, I just really encourage you to go back and listen to that a number of times. It, it'll benefit you. Um, but tonight, as we look at this, um, the story we're going to look at is found in, in um, Mark chapter 7. But before we go there, I want to look at just one verse in, in Romans 4. And we're going to look at it in about three different translations. And... It's the 17th verse, and in the New King James Version of Romans 4.17, it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He's talking, this is the account of what God, what had, what God said over Abraham and then what was accomplished. And as it is written, this is God saying, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. In the New Living Translation, I, I like this, this translation of this verse. It says, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life, and who creates new things out of nothing, creates new things out of nothing. And then in the Passion Translation in Romans 4.17, it says, that's what the Scripture means when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our example and father, for in God's presence, 
he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist yet. And in this Passion Translation, it says that Abraham was our example, that we're to follow after that. And, and part of the example of Abraham is all of his screw-ups. You can screw up and still be the father of nations. You can make some horrible mistakes. I mean, mistakes that would boot a lot of people out of different groups of Christians. You can make horrible mistakes, but get to the bottom of why you make the mistakes. Believe God, and He takes you right where you're at. So, we're talking about health and healing, and I wrote this down today. Faith declares healing when it looks like it isn't. Until you establish that on the inside of you, you'll always be dealing with issues in your body. You'll always be dealing with issues that you don't overcome. What, what, what I, what, and, and what I mean by that is because <clears throat> at the end of the day, Nobody's judging anybody's condition. You understand? No, no, if you're judging what someone else is battling or fighting with in their bodies, um, you're, 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 you're in, in a losing battle of that because you, you leave the judging and you leave all the dealing with God. He judges things better and He deals things with an individual a whole lot better than you can in, in trying to put somebody under condemnation or make them feel less or whatever because of something that maybe they're struggling through or they haven't got on top of. But the key to your and my success is what I just read right there. Faith declares healing when it looks like it isn't that way. And <clears throat> all year long I've been on focusing on the importance of your daily routine. I, and you're just not going to hear me get off of it. My God, is he going to say that again? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say it and say it and say it and say it continuously. Because, you know, what, what I find is, is that People can make mental assent to what I'm saying about daily routines and about, you know, the, the series that I taught in September on framing your world. People can make mental assent. They, they know what you're saying, in other words. When you talk about it, there are many Christian people that will agree with you, but if you pull the curtain back, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. So what they're doing is underestimating the value of the word coming out of my mouth, in my ears, and establishing something on the inside of me so that I can follow in the footsteps of my father Abraham and live and believe the same things he believed and get the same results that he got even though I've screwed up just like he screwed up. I'm going to say it again. Faith declares healing when it looks like there isn't any healing. But faith declares healing 
by declaring what the Word says about healing. It's not just, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, and you get really tired of it. You know, I'm healed should be in there somewhere, okay? But the meditation on what he did, Jesus himself, he took my infirmities, he carried my diseases upon his body, and by his stripes, and how he was tortured, he was tortured that I can be healed. My meditation has to be on that, and it needs to be coming out of my mouth that way. God sent his word and healed you and I. Listen to me. I want you to think about this in the rest of the messages that I minister on healing and health. God sent his word. Am am I talking about the word tonight? What, what, What am I doing with the word? I'm sending it. God sent his word and healed us. Can you be healed Can you receive manifestation in your body right now? You're going to see something about this story. The reason I love all these stories are because they're all so different. But you see faith somewhere in in this story. You really have to, ah, you got to pull it and see it. But it's there. I mean, once I saw it, it just like, whoo, my goodness. But, but the, 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 the mm, what's the word? There's a holiness in the way this deaf and dumb man, that's what the scripture calls it, you know, deaf and not being able to speak, like had a speech impediment even, of something of that form. But that man was healed of that in a really unique way that... I think a lot of other people, if they get a hold of this, they can receive what they're dealing with. But something that you have to realize is this, and I'm I'm making this a really strong point. Man, I get chills thinking about this stuff. You, You have to to, to see what we're going to talk about tonight, and, and, and I mean, just actually, I'm just going to get right to the point in, in when I read this. I'm just going to read this one passage, well, actually, two passages, but just this one story. But you have to believe in the miraculous. Now, listen to me when I say this, because I'm going to say it about three times, and I want you to really meditate on this. I'm not talking about hoping for the miraculous. I'm saying you have to believe in the miraculous. Not just hoping that God's going to give me a miracle. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I said that is not what I'm talking about. People look for miracles all the time, but there's no faith involved in that. You trace every one of these stories... And there is faith, not hope. Hope is an ingredient of faith, but it's faith in a situation, and it doesn't mean that you have to be saved for 45 years to have that kind of faith. You can have faith in the moment. 
because of what you've determined to do. Man, that Syrophoenician woman, I mean, she was from the bad of the bad. And that woman had faith like Jesus had never seen. It was a faith that he saw in the Roman centurion, that he saw in this Syrophoenician woman, that there was no reason she should be believing. There's no reason he should even have been talking to her. But her faith made the difference. Tonight I just want you to see something that is literally holy in this this passage about being well. Faith calls, faith declares healing when it looks like it isn't. And there's something that it, there's something in the form of the miraculous that we have to believe in in God that many times is the determining factor to whether we receive or not. I want you to see that. I want you to see this in in this passage. Romans 7 and verse 31. He had just, this is like right on the heels of what happened with the Syrophoenician woman. Mark chapter 7 and verse 31. Again departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him, then they brought to him, then they, people, somebody, maybe a number of people, they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on them. And they begged Jesus to put his hand on them. They begged Jesus to put his hand on them, on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and he put his fingers in his ears. And he spat, he spit, and he touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and he said to him, Ephapatha, that is, be opened. Notice, he just said, Epipatha. He didn't say anything else. He just said, be opened. Immediately, his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly, and then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, he has done all things well, and makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. So, as I ask you for the last few messages, did this really happen? Did this really happen? This isn't isn't just some story. This really happened. It's not some make-believe story. This really happened. And if it happened then and, and he's no respecter of person in time, then that can happen right now. 
I feel like that. <clears throat> Actually, I mentioned this just a minute ago, that God sent his word and he healed us. And as I'm speaking to you and reading this story and giving insight and wisdom from God about this story for us, God desires his word to bring the healing in people's lives. That's why Jesus taught and preached and people were healed. He taught and he preached and people were healed and delivered. There's something about the part of the story where he says, it says, then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. They begged him to put his hand on them. You know what they didn't say was, they didn't, they didn't say, um, and they probably had seen him do that, but there was something holy about touching people. There's something about a releasing that happens when you touch someone, and they had faith that if he touched this deaf and dumb man, that he would speak and hear. They had faith. These people brought him with expectation that all we need is is that touch, and he'll be well. And notice... Jesus didn't do that. But you know what he did notice? What he recognized was their faith. And then he comes to the man and literally sticks his finger, his fingers in the man's ears. Takes his hand, spits in it, puts it on his tongue, touches the man's tongue, and immediately something happened. Immediately something happened. Now, here's here's the thing that I want you to think about. What happened when, what happened when the fingers went in the ears? What happened? I'm going to give you several, it doesn't say, it just said he heard, okay? But if the man had not heard, if, if he was deaf, then something miraculous had to happen with his ears. More than likely, he'd been to doctors, they'd done whatever needed to be done to try to get him to hear. We don't know that he was, that this, if this man was um, deaf from birth, but probably could, could have been, maybe Something happened, maybe some kind of disease or whatever had happened. But whatever happened, something miraculous manifested. Now, what I'm saying is, if you need new eardrums, 
you have to believe in the miraculous. I'm going to say it again. If, if you... If you If you need new eardrums, you have to believe in the miraculous. Because otherwise, the eardrums are going to stay the same and you're not going to hear if that's what you need. I don't know everything about hearing. If there needs to be, I know that with age or things like that, that people's ears supposedly close up and they need the ear open, you know. But for that to happen and there not be any, anything medically done to help that out, you have to believe in the miraculous. When he touched and he put those fingers in the ear, remember, he only did what Father said. Only what Father said. So when he put those fingers in, the, in, in that man's ears, something miraculous happened. And, and I, want, I, I, I got to stay on this because this is what I want you to get tonight. We're not believing for a miracle. We're believing in the miraculous God. Let's just say, just for our case here, that what happened, the, the fingers went in the ears and new eardrums happened. We have to believe if, if we need something that the God that made new eardrums for this deaf and mute man, he'll make new eardrums for me or anything else. I was, um, I, I have been having to, take care of some things with my earthly father and had to spend and you know some time at his house and traveling there and going and had to help I've had to help set up things with people coming to his house and helping him and overseeing him and some things going on with him right now and uh, and in the process of that I've had a lot you know, you, 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 any of you have been around here for a long time, you know if, if there are people involved, they're going to get something from me if it needs to be gotten, right? Because, I mean, I'm just ready and willing. And uh, so I was, one of the guys um, that is working with this company that comes to my dad's house, he, one day when, when I was there, he can't, he was, at the house, and we were, we were going to eat lunch together, and um, so he finally asked me what I did, you know. I mean, I've talked to him on the phone a number of times. I was around him for about three hours that day, and then we were going to eat lunch together, and then he finally asked me what I did, and I said, well, I don't always tell people that I'm a pastor, but I felt okay with this guy after being around him, and he goes, oh, really? He said, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a God-fearing man. He's about, he's about 29, I think. And uh, he said, I'm a God-fearing man. And so he starts telling me about this book that he read. And it was about, anybody 
heard about or read the book or heard the testimony of the guy that was hit by a semi-truck and it landed on his body. Anybody know that story? Yeah? It landed on his body and destroyed his organs. And the guy said that he looks up and these two angels in his stories, and this is he's just telling me this. I've never heard the story, so I don't I don't know. But he's telling me, he's telling me, he's telling me the story, and he was so intense about it. And he goes, and these angels were there and they picked this semi-truck off of him. And he's and, he, and the guy says, and all of his organs grew back. And the guy looks at me and he goes, Can that happen? He said, I read that story, but can that happen? Well, you know, you don't want to get all excited. You don't want to put too much in that story because maybe that guy really wasn't being truthful. It's easy to say that, right? Because, see, you don't want to be held accountable for if, you know, you saw the guy again and somebody's guts were hanging out and, you, you know, okay, so how's God going to do that? See, 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 most people are too afraid to really believe in the miraculous that it actually happens. Not, not, in a, not just in a miracle, but in the miraculous. God, I mean, I mean, I've heard through the years of hundreds of people that have prayed for people with hearing loss and they stuck their fingers in the ears and nothing happened. So does that mean this story isn't real? Or the only reason it happened is because it was Jesus? No, but then I've heard stories of people that didn't put fingers in ears and they opened like that. So you know how many times Jesus didn't touch people? And what those people's faith was in, they had to have seen him lay hands on somebody. Maybe on the, remember the story of the leper. Maybe they saw him lay hands on the leper and, and things changed. Well, man, you, if, you, if, if you'll just lay your hand, he could be made well, is what they were saying. Jesus didn't do that because he's watching this man and he's hearing the voice of his spirit and the, 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 Holy, the Holy Spirit in him is saying that Father wants you to put your fingers in his ears and spit on your fingers and touch his tongue, and it'll happen. He didn't question it, didn't think about it, didn't look around to see who's going to see him do it. He just did it, happened. And it was the people's faith in bringing them to him for him to touch him or do whatever he's going to do. It was the faith in knowing that if he just touched him, it would happen. It was that faith that was in operation that caused things to happen. Now, you got that story, and just look a page over in the sixth chapter, and I want to read this story. <clears throat> and it's in Mark 6 and verse 1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him, and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? 
Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of what? Their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. But he could do nothing because of their unbelief, because of their familiarity. Now listen to me. You know what they were familiar with? I just have to admit I've never seen this. You know what they were familiar with? They were familiar with the Word. They were familiar with the power of what he was saying because they were familiar with the person of Jesus because he's just, you know, he's just, uh, that's the carpenter we grew up with. Man, I went to high school with him. I, I mean, who, who is he? But who he was was the living word. And that's what they didn't give place to is the things that he said. Because notice he said, he marveled at their unbelief. He marveled at the fact that he said these things and came into his own hometown and attempted, he attempted to do, he said he could not do, so that means he attempted to do, but he couldn't do it except for a few people that said, well, you know, I feel bad for him, go ahead and touch me. But just a few little minor things were healed. Nothing big, and I promise you, there were some major diseases and afflictions in Nazareth like there were everywhere else. And very few things happen because of their unbelief, because they didn't believe in what he spoke. You and I are in a place in our lives where we have to position ourselves to receive what he says all the time. We have to constantly renew our mind because you know that, and, and listen, if this is you, whatever, I'm just saying this is what I see, okay? This is what I see. I see that a lot of times people will fill out forms and call in not going to work because they say they're sick. If, that, if you've done it, whatever, I'm not judging anything. I'm, I'm just making a point. How bad do we want something? There was a time when something had attacked my body and, and, and I was going to be able to get something through insurance for what had attacked my body. And I had to fill these forms out and declare some things on those forms that I couldn't declare. And so I didn't get what I could have gotten because I would not compromise that and declare something that I couldn't say out of my mouth. I can't declare that I'm that way. A lot of times, people will use sickness and disease to actually manipulate other people. 
get people to feel bad for them, to get them to do something for them. And, and you know we live in a society that if you're not well, everybody will come to your rescue. I mean, we live in that kind of society where people are all about helping somebody that's not well. Maybe somebody's not mentally well or emotionally struggling, but if they're physically in, in a difficult place, people will come to that rescue. Am I saying we shouldn't help people? Come on. I'm talking about how we believe the Word of God. What, what, what did I read just a moment ago? My, 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 the declaration of faith. Faith declares healing when it looks like it isn't. So, so Jesus didn't come for the well. He came for the sick, Right? And he came for the sick physically, mentally, emotionally, in every way. He came for people that are not good and not well. We're all that way in one form or another. We've all screwed up, made mistakes. We've all had a tax that we couldn't overcome in the natural. I'm not talking about a mentality and a lifestyle where everything is just, you know, we come to this place where everything's perfect and everything we say happens overnight and every little thing is lined up. No, no, it's something that we have to fight for and the fight is the fight of faith. The fight isn't people. The fight isn't even the devil. The fight is what am I going to really believe when push comes to shove? I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you tonight about just life and death. Doesn't matter what you've come up against. Doesn't matter what, what even tonight you have symptoms in your body or anything else. I'm preaching this word, the uncompromised truth, putting it out there because I'm believing as I'm preaching his word that it's bringing healing to your bodies. I believe it. Or I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't put things like this out there. The, the potential for people to be offended when you say what, what I'm saying right now is beyond. I can't tell you. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. And if we got to talk it through or whatever, I'll talk it through with you. But I'm going to tell you what the truth is. Because the truth will set you free. Amen? When the truth is preached, and it's preached from a heart that believes, it'll set you free. It matters I'm telling you, it matters that I believe this. The people that weren't healed in Nazareth had nothing to do with Jesus. Had nothing to do. He believed, they chose not to. They chose to be offended. They chose to, to, to be emotional about it. They chose to, to, to be too familiar with him as a person. But what they were really being is familiar with the word. If you know the word and you know what it says and when I'm preaching this and you've heard verses of scripture but you've not made these things a part of your life every day, it won't work. I'm just telling you tonight, he said it won't work. If you continue in my word, then you are disciples indeed and you'll know the truth that you're continuing in and the truth will set you free. It's the truth that will liberate your life. We have to take this that serious. 
And we have to be willing every day to judge our motives. I mean, you know, if 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 I you know if I've if I've been somewhere or doing something and and I come home and you know, I mean, my my wife she would. She could, could kind of potentially, she won't give in too much, but she'll kind of give in a little bit and maybe feel a little bit sorry for me if I, if I word what I'm going through or what I'm dealing with in a certain way. She might, well, I'm sorry about that or what, you know. And I mean, everybody likes to hear that. I don't care who, you're, you're lying if you don't like to hear those kind of things. I'm just saying, what I've been learning in my life day by day, I can't give in to that. Because because I'm here on this planet to live long and strong, okay? Long and strong, healthy and whole, all my days, to be a living testament of how big God is. Did you hear me? Did I say there's that, that healthy and whole, long and strong, no attacks? I didn't say that. I said, healthy and whole because that's what I say over myself. I don't care how it looks. I don't care how I feel. I don't care if I'm whatever. You, you don't know. I could have come in here tonight and, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have come in here tonight if I had some symptoms like COVID, <laughs> you know, like, like that kind of thing. But I'm saying, I could have come in here tonight, you know, aching or something, you know, or whatever, and I could have, well, you know, we're talking about healing tonight, but I'm, you know, I mean, you know what? Suck it up. Straighten up. You know, make yourself walk. Do whatever you got to do. I mean, I'm not lying about it. I'm saying, I believe I am healed. Faith says I'm healed even when it doesn't look like it. And when I believe that, and that's a part of my life, there's nothing I can't receive today, tomorrow, next pandemic. I don't care what it is. There's not anything I can't receive from God. Don't be, don't be focused on we got to get past this pandemic kind of. No. Wear your mask. Walk in health and healing. Declare you're, you're the healed in Christ Jesus. Whatever they tell you you're going to do, just do it. As long as it's not illegal, immoral, or goes against the word. When we get into those, then there's challenges. They tell me to do something immoral, something that's illegal, something that goes against the word. Man, then, you, you're, you know, I may go to jail. But otherwise, you obey the laws of the land, right? They tell you by the end of the year that you have to wear purple face masks. Everybody has to have a purple face mask on. That's the law. Not illegal, not immoral. Then go against the word. So wear it, but I'm healed, Right? I got to do this, that, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's not my focus. My focus is on what God says is so. Everybody say tonight, I'm healed. Settled. And I'm telling you, you settle that every day. It's a good word study to go through Scripture and find every healing, every Scripture that talks about healing. I've done that a number of times just writing them down or highlighting them, even in my, uh, in my, uh, my Bible, in my iPad, you know, 
uh, highlighting them in there and then just reminding. So when I go through scriptures, I see them highlighted, and it's just reminding me that I'm heaton. Man, he, God sent his word. He sent the living word, Jesus, and he healed me already, not someday. I'm healed. I'm healed. Everybody say, it's settled. Say it again. It's settled. It's not, it's not up. Listen, I'm telling you, where heaven is concerned, it's not up for debate. It's not up for opinions. Faith declares healing when it doesn't appear that there's anything even around. That's what faith does. And faith has to be developed through the words you speak and you hear that get in your heart that are made a part of you so that when you're declaring over your body, all of a sudden, day after day after day after day after day after week after month after year, it gets stronger, it gets stronger. You know it's so, you know it's so. There may be something that you fought in your body, and you may have fought it for two or three years. And, and you're declaring that. I mean, do whatever natural things you need to do, whatever you need to do. But do not get off the word because I'm telling you, nothing heals except Jesus. And he's already done it, so I need to be declaring it now, even when it doesn't look like it. And that's what Abraham did. And after 25 years, he actually believed it. And the rest of his life, and all the manifestations after that, and when he offered that son that came the way he came, he did it in faith. Because, man, the God that caused me and my 90-year-old wife to get pregnant, he'll do whatever he has to do when he told me to take him to the to the mountaintop and offer him as a sacrifice. He'll do whatever. He'll do whatever. I trust him. Now, when you get to that place, there's not anything you can't do. And did it work out? Absolutely. And in the scripture, you don't see him sweating. You don't see him nothing. You don't see him, you know, bawling and squalling over the fact that he's taking his son up here. To, no, no, his trust and his faith is in God. Can you say amen? His faith and his trust and his confidence was in God. I just want to say one last thing to you. <clears throat> and I, I, I know this is an enemy to, to what happens with us. And you just take this, you download it inside of you, and then you just kind of meditate on it. <clears throat> We have to ignore, and I, I really believe this is a plan of the enemy, but we have to ignore where healing is concerned. We have to ignore the thoughts and ideas about how it's going to happen, how it's going to come. That's not our job. That's not our responsibility about how something is going to come. You know, and I've seen this happen many times that there comes a certain point, and, and I'm talking about people very close to me and in my family or, and, and, and other people that are not part of my immediate family or whatever, but that have passed on to the other side, where it got to this point where it seemed like it was so bad
that nothing else could be done. And in that point, listen to me, in that point, in that place, where I think we failed, I'm just talking about myself, people, just in general, I think where we failed is we were looking for a miracle and not believing in the miraculous. I tell you, if you've never read Dodie Osteen's book, anybody know who Dodie Osteen is? Anybody ever read Dodie Osteen's book? If you've never read her book on how she was healed, how the, how the manifestation came in her body, it's phenomenal. And it came in the last hour. She had cancer and there was no, there was no hope for her. There was, there, you know, everybody had prayed for her. Everybody this and that and the other. And God spoke to her. I'm just, I'm just paraphrasing. But God said to her, it's between you and me. And from that point on, when they gave her no hope in a very short period of time to live, I think she's, is she 90 now? I think she's somewhere around 90 years old. And I mean going strong. But they gave her a very, very short period of time. And, and, and what she was saying was, I believe in the miraculous God. I, I don't know that she used those, those exact words. But what I heard from her testimony is that she wasn't believing for a miracle. She was believing in the miraculous God. See, then there's nothing too far along in your body. There's nothing with a name of some form of disease that hasn't, you, hasn't already been taken care of through the blood of Jesus. But when I'm hoping that something miraculous, some miracle is just going to take me out of this situation, but there's not a belief system built around that, I'm just telling you, this is my opinion, it just doesn't work. I'm saying that and can be set up for criticism along that line. But I'm saying, I don't see a lot of results in people that are hoping for a miracle. Where I see results, like with Dodie Osteen, just using her as one example, I see results when someone got in a relationship with God and realized Everybody and their dog can lay hands on you. But at the end of the day, it's your relationship with God. Do I believe in this miraculous God that if I need new eardrums, he's already got them? If I need a new kidney, he's already got one. If I need a new heart, he's already got one. Remember the, the guy at the table that I was eating lunch with? Is that real? Can organs be put back in a body? What am I, what am I going to say to that? Well, Betty, I, you know, I don't know. That's kind of a, that's out there. Man, it led us into a deeper conversation. And before he left that day, he said, I want to know more about why you believe that somebody's organs, as, as I'm walking him out to his car, he said, I want to believe more about that. You'll see me. But now where is he in, in my life? Where is he now in my life? He's on my prayer list. See, now I'm declaring over his life every day. 
I mean, he's as good as done. Hmm? He's as good as a Christian. He's a God-fearing man, for whatever, whatever that means. Good. But he's a Christian. Somehow, some way, it may not be me, but he's on my list. It's coming in. Because I believe in a miraculous God. I'm healed, and I don't feel like it. The symptoms don't look like it, but I'm healed in Jesus' name. Woo! Father, you sent your word. You healed me. You delivered me. You set me free. Lord, I'm living long and strong in your kingdom, Lord, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the beaten, tortured body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because I'm so good, I've screwed up. But Father, I'm forgiven today. And I'm moving forward with less screw-ups and more faith and confidence in your miraculous ability to do everything you said you'd already done in the name of Jesus. We have to live that way. We have to live that way. And you'll see breakthroughs. You'll see things happen. Don't think about when, how, and where is this going to come from. No. Focus on your daily routine. You're framing your world. That's your job. The word works. And it produces. And we're healed. And I'm believing even tonight people's bodies are healed even as I'm talking. Even as I'm talking, I believe people's bodies. April, healed in the name of Jesus. You know it. You know it. Healed in the name of Jesus. Healed. Healed. Doesn't matter what it looks like, feels like. I don't care about any, any of that. Healed in the name of Jesus.